family, friends, and business. Good morning. Good morning. Um, first, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad you keep coming back. I'm glad you keep listening. And I, we believe that the Lord is doing things in your life as he is in ours. So we do appreciate that. I want to give a shout out to our oldest son. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday, little Marlo. Big Marlo. Um, okay, we love you guys. I hope you're excited. I hope you got your Bibles ready. Um, go pen and paper. Pen and paper. Take notes. Go to our Facebook page. Um, go to our website, www.wordaliveministryva.com. Um, there you can find out things about our ministry. You can send us an email. You can listen to messages. And um, we would appreciate that. Let our us pod, know. Our podcast is there. Yeah, our yeah. podcast. So you can listen right. to our messages, mm-hmm. pastor's messages, some of mine, I guess. Also, what else is going on? God is good. God is good. He's good all He's the time. always a good God. Amen. And always, Jesus is always an awesome Savior. Amen. 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 So that's it. Pastor wanted me to come on and say something. So. Well, feel free to um, comment as you will, and uh, let us know you're there somehow. And um, and like once again, we welcome you. Yes. And let's get let's get excited about what God has. Amen. You guys, here we come. Amen. We listen to the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my wife. She's excited about Jesus all the time, and that's the way we do. I'm thankful for that. Amen. Glory. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about entering in. Entering in. What it means to enter in and how we should enter in. And I'm just really excited about what we're going to talk about. Uh, I know it's helped me, and, and hopefully it's going to help you this morning. Amen. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you love us so much that you sent your son to live for us, to die for us. And to raise, to rise again in power and might and dominion. And to bring us into your kingdom. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for your blessed Holy Spirit, Father. That you send today. Jesus, that you would send the Spirit to testify of you. To testify of your reality and your truth. And our reality and who we become in through Christ Jesus. And for all the wonderful and magnificent things that God has given us in and through Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that we're found in Christ. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Okay. All right. Well, today, like I said, we're going to talk about entering in. And and, uh, that's going to be the title of the message today. Um, When Jesus preached about kingdom, about the kingdom of God, which he did uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and Matthew would be... There's three chapters where he particularly, or four chapters that he, let me see, three chapters that he preached about um, the kingdom of God. And um, when Jesus preached about the kingdom of God that was to come, he spoke of how hard it would be to enter in. Okay, so we know, uh, we, we have to, you know, we know for a fact he couldn't have been talking about how difficult it would be for us to get born again or, or to become come into the family of God because uh, that's clearly a free gift. Remember in John chapter 3 and verse 16 and uh, 15 and 16, he said that 
whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have ever, everlasting life. And then he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and that um, uh, his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, and once again, but have everlasting life. Amen. For God, verse 17, uh, God sent not his Son into the world to contemn, condemn the world, but that the world through him, through his Son, might be saved. So, when we look at over in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, and uh, let me see if we get that right, and verse 14, and we see here where the scripture says, the verse says, well, let's start at verse 13, it says, Enter you in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which shall go in thereafter. But then he says here, but straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads unto life and few there be that find it. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. Is there a contradiction between John 3, 16, 15 and 16 and Matthew 17, 14? Absolutely not. Basically, Jesus was calling us out of the world system the same word to use uh, to denote this word system is also used for the Jewish legal system which means law the law so Jesus was calling for us to transfer our citizenship and in order to transfer, uh, to change citizenship, we have to change, or we must change, and learn uh, uh, to abide by the change of the laws. And what was the change of the laws? Let's look at um, John, the book of John. And we're going to look at chapter 13. I hope you're going with me because you need to see this for yourself and you need to allow the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that ministers to me as I minister to you, you need to allow Him to minister to your heart today. Amen. And in verse 13, uh, I'm sorry, verse 34, chapter 13, and we're going to look at verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, verse 35 says, all men know that you are my disciples. And if you, have, if you love one another, if you love one another. So he gives us a law that commands us to love. Amen. It commands us to love. Because actually, if, if we love him, if we, or if we love one another, if we walk and live in love, we'll fulfill God's commandments, God's law. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I cannot function by the same set of laws or principles in the kingdom of God that I do that I did in the kingdom of darkness. They have nothing alike. And the kingdom of darkness is this world system. I'm sorry to tell so many of you that this kingdom of darkness is this world system. Yeah. The world system that we that we live in. But the difficulty in entering in is not how hard it is to get saved, 
It is in how hard it is to give up my old way of thinking. There has to, there, there has been a change of kingdoms, a change of priesthood, and a, a change in the system. Amen. Therefore, I have to give up my view and my opinion and my ideas. So it's going to take effort on my part, on uh, effort on my part, or effort uh, for my heart rather, to be changed. Because my change, my heart has to be changed. That's what laboring is. Is we labor to have our change, uh, have a change of heart. Okay. So once I've changed my beliefs at the heart level, then I'm going to enter in to rest. Then I enter into rest. And from that point on, every change that comes into my life will come from believing. It's going to come from believing and not doing. Glory to God. All my actions are going to change because of my believing. See, I don't, no longer will I have to win, uh, win over my weaknesses or sin or you know, or by, by, by willpower. How many times have you tried to change some habit that you have, some bad thing that you, you know, some negative thing, something that goes against your righteousness? How many times have you tried to change that by changing your habits? Many, many times. I know I have. Many, many times. But I come to the realization willpower can only take me so far. I will never win over sin or my weaknesses by willpower, but only by entering into rest. By entering into rest. Okay? Let's look at Romans chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 21. Romans 4, 21. Verse 21 says here, and being fully persuaded, talking about Abraham, I'll, I'll read verse 20. Uh, Abraham, he staggered not, verse 20 says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. In other words, it wasn't his view and opinion, it was God's view and opinion. So he gave the glory to God. And verse 21 says, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, that what God had promised, he was also, or he was able also to perform. Amen. So whatever God promised, Amen. he will perform it. Amen. Not me. He will perform it. That instantly creates rest for me. That instantly creates rest for you. So Abraham, the key to Abraham's continual confidence in God uh, was his persuasion. A person who is, is not persuaded uh, will not waver. A person who is not persuaded, a person who is persuaded will not waver. And a person who is not persuaded will waver. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Everybody say, I'm not going to waver. I don't waver. Hallelujah. I don't waver. I'm not Amen. Waver. I will not waver. That's not who you are. That's, 
not who you are. Let's look at verses 30. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures here, and I hope you're writing these scriptures down, because uh, it's not going to do you any good if you don't go back over these scriptures and look, so that you can learn to be persuaded. Hallelujah. Okay, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For, verse 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor present things, nor things to come, nor height, in verse 39, nor height, nor death, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. You know, if you just start from there, if you just start right there, nothing can separate you from the love of God, the creator of all things, the all-powerful God and Father. That nothing, if you can be persuaded that nothing can separate you from his love, there again, you can begin to rest. Amen. Amen? And verse, uh, and, and, and but whatever you believe, you have to be persuaded. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. And like I said, I'm going to read these verses because you're going to begin to see how important that is. Let's look at 2 Corinthians and chapter 5 and verse 11. Verse 11 says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but uh, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I also trust, our, uh, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciousness. In your consciences, rather. Alright? In other words, we're in Christ Jesus. We never have to fear God. We're persuaded of how much he loves us. We're persuaded that he is a good God and a good father. But we have to be fully persuaded. In 2 Timothy, book of 2 Timothy. And we're going to look at uh, chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 12. I think... Uh, let, me, let me see, I get that right. That's it. I'm in first Timothy. Pardon me. Second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 12. And it says here, For this which I, oh, this is Paul, For this which cause I also suffer these things, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, For I know whom I have believed, And am persuaded, that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him again to this day. Hallelujah. Are you persuaded this morning? How do I get persuaded this morning? And lastly, uh, Hebrews 11, 13, and then we'll move on. Hebrews 11, and then verse 13. Now this is after it talks about all these matriarchs and patriarchs and matriarchs of faith. Um, and um, down at verse 13 it says here these all die talking about uh, you can go on uh, Jacob um, Isaac, Abraham Isaac Jacob Noah Sarah you can go on and on here and he says these all died in faith they all died in faith 
not having received the promises. Thank God we received the promises. How do we receive the promises? In and through Jesus Christ. They couldn't receive the promises because Christ hadn't yet died. But we have received the promises. They have not received the promises. But having seen them afar off, having a view and a picture, as God allowed them to, were persuaded of them. They were persuaded of the promises. And they did what? They embraced them. And they confessed that they were strangers and they were pilgrims on earth. Hallelujah. They understood where their citizenship was. Do we? Are we persuaded of these things? Are we persuaded of the things that God has said for us, has done for us in and through Jesus Christ? Amen. Hallelujah. You see, the very word faith in the original language of the Bible is a part of the word that means to trust and to be persuaded to trust. See, we do not have trust until we've been persuaded. We don't have trust in God until we've been persuaded about God. Amen? Amen. Well, how does persuasion come? How do, how do we get persuaded? By hearing the spoken word, the anointed and the spoken word by others, by ministers and teachers of preachers and teachers of the word of God, by reading and studying the word of God, by meditating on the word of God, uh, by speaking from, no, now listen very carefully, by speaking from the word of God, you're only going to speak from the word of God when you're persuaded of the word of God, by speaking from the Word of God, also as the Holy Spirit directs us and leads us and guides and leads us and guides us into all truth. See, we have to incorporate every possible means of persuading our persuading our hearts. This is the work. This is the work that we do. Is to is to be can have our hearts persuaded by the Word of God, and even that. The Holy Spirit is our helper in doing that. Amen? Amen? You see, confessing the word daily in prayer and, and worship can be a way to establish your heart. Uh, however, never regard that as your source of righteousness. Why? Because you'll begin to, to you will begin to become self-righteous. And you don't want to become self-righteous about how diligent you are, about how much time you spend reading the word. And how, and how you put all this effort into it. You don't, you don't want, that doesn't establish you in righteousness. You've been established in righteousness because of the work that Jesus did. Amen. Always remember that if you are a born again believer, that is, it is a fact that it was something that you couldn't earn, that it was a free gift, it was something not based on something you did other than believe. But what did you believe in? The work that another did. The work that Jesus did for you and I. Jesus' work began the moment he came into this earth for you and I. Through the obedience of the law. Through the obedience of, to the Father. And through his death and his burial. And his resurrection. And all of those things were done for you and I so that we could rest 
in what he has done. So that we can be transformed by the love that was, <coughs> that, was, um, that was given to us. The love that we, that, that what changes us is when we begin to experience the love of God. Not our efforts, but experiencing the love of God. And we'll, get in, we'll be getting into that. So, so we don't want to become self-righteous because then you're just going to have to repent. You're going to have to have your mind changed. You're going to have to come to the realization it's not about what I did, but about what Jesus did. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Your heart doesn't get established just because you decided to believe either. You, you I, I decided. But you must also take every biblical step, everything according to the word, you can to get that belief into your heart. It's about heart belief, not what's in your head. It's about being, about believing it. You see, as a result of believing it in your heart, Change will come, and it will, it will come in your life, and the change that comes will be effortless change. Amen. It will be effortless. Yeah. A time will come, uh, and you won't have to confess every day to walk in love. You'll just do it. You won't have to be convinced. It'll be hard for you not to walk in love. It'd be hard for you not to see others the way the Word of God sees them. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Amen. A time will come and you won't have to confess every day for your health. That you'll know that what Jesus provided for you related to your health. Even when your body comes under attack. We had this conversation with this awesome couple yesterday. And even when attacks come to uh, when things come to attack your body, you can say, no, I don't identify with that. I identify with what Jesus has done for me through his death and his burial and his resurrection. Amen. I believe the report of the Lord that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Even when your body would come to attack you when it's under attack, whose report are you going to believe? You know, I, I made this, I, I, and I said, my believing is so important because it produces supernatural things. I said, you, we're always affected by supernatural things one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Because sickness and disease doesn't come from God. It comes from a supernatural force. But we have a greater, mm -hmm. the force the that we are dealing with, the one, that, the, the realm that we live in, the one that is that is is the head of that realm. He's already defeated the dark realm. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah! You know who people are healed by the coming to by by coming to the realization that they they identify with Christ mm. and what He did versus you know running to you know going to every healing meeting you can get into. And I think healing meetings, meetings are important. And I think they're great, and I believe there are a lot of people that do get. But I believe there are those that, that, go, that have been to more than two or three different ones trying to get healed when, you know, they need to be fully persuaded in their heart that what Jesus did was for them. Amen. 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 I, I know that's, that's saying a lot, but I, I, I you know, I don't believe what I'm saying it by the Spirit of God. And anything he says is a lot. Hallelujah. <laughs> the time will come when 
when you won't, uh, you know, once again, when you, when you, when you're established in your heart, when you're persuaded in your heart, the time's going to come that you won't, you won't uh, every day have to confess for protection over you and over your family, that you'll walk, you'll begin to walk in that promise. You'll be, you'll walk in that promise and, and you'll live in the realm of the kingdom uh, and you'll receive from the realm, realm of the kingdom and you won't fear, but you'll be faithful. And once your heart has been established, you no longer have to labor to enter into this rest that we're talking about. Aren't you glad you don't have to labor today? Yeah, okay. See, growing in life, growing in this particular life does not mean that things are to get harder and harder. It means it gets easier and easier. Yeah. You'll have more spontaneous fellowship and and, and leadership from the Holy Spirit. You'll recognize how great your Savior is, how great your God is. Now, now I don't want people to go off and figure, well, I mean, I'm not talking about working every day and doing the natural things that you have to do. I'm talking about believing, being a believer. I'm talking about things that you cannot control yourself. Things that you can't control in this realm without the spirit of the living God, without the promises of God. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Temptation. When temptation comes in our hearts, uh, I'm sorry, temptation comes in when our hearts become moved in a certain area, when we're moved away from our confidence in Jesus and uh, in Jesus and his fulfillment and his provision or his promise, uh, and then we're headed for temptation whenever we're moved away from those things. If, however, we're, we're persuaded in Jesus when that temptation comes, then it is then, then it's such an easy thing to conquer. It's an easy thing to conquer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Let's talk about the battle. I'm going to go over to, um, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to look at um, um, I've a couple of scriptures here. And uh, I think this is important to our spiritual growth and get us to help us to understand some scriptures that have been taken, that have been taken out of context and, and uh, misinterpreted. But let's just take a look at it. Chapter 10, and we're going to look at, we'll start at verse, uh, let's see, we'll start at verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Why? We're in this earth, we're in this fleshly body, we're in we're moving around in this kingdom that is not our home. So we don't have to fight any battles in this realm on our own. Because we are protected in the realm that we're, we have our citizenship. Which is in the realm of the kingdom of God. So it's not about our efforts are trying to 
let's, let's go and look at verse um, verse 4. It says, For the weapons of our warfare have nothing to do with our flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So that tells us right there, we don't fight this fight on our own. Then we have all of the power of God backing us. So we don't have to fight this fight. The, the problem that we have, well, let's just keep going. This, both, this verse is so misquoted and misused. This is not talking about warring with Satan. It's talking about warring with vain imaginations. Look at verse, verse uh, 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every, uh, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, every thought to the reality of God's word, every thought to the reality of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. Hallelujah. Every thought, uh, casting down every thought that would go against the will and the promises of God. The, re the reality of the victory of Jesus Christ. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that would uh, that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing these thoughts, every thought into captivity, every thought into captivity uh, to the obedience of God. It's talking about warring with vain imaginations and then goes on talking or describing those, those imaginations. This warfare is not done with carnal or natural methods. With your your ability and your strength, your uh, we 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 do not fight this fight with our natural strength or by screaming at the devil, yelling and trying to run the devil off and chase him off. That's not how we fight that. We fight this battle. Uh, we we're reminding ourselves that we have been established in the kingdom of God. So many believers. So many believers do not know, really know, that we're established, already established Amen. in the kingdom of God. When a vain imagination rises up, it challenges those of us who are in Christ. Uh, it challenges our ability to resist temptation and to resist sin. Uh, it, it challenges our ability, and when I speak of sin, I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, just actions, you know, actions and that. I'm talking about a lack of faith. Mm -hmm. The scripture says if it's not faith, it's sin. Amen. I'm talking about a lack of trust and believing that what God says is true, that all that Jesus didn't accomplish for you and I. Mm -hmm. It denies all that Jesus came to give us. The real question that you have to ask is did Jesus conquer sin? Did he conquer my weaknesses at his resurrection? That's the real question that we have to be able to answer. In our hearts, in other words, did Jesus' obedience, obedience bring him victory over sin? What's the answer to that? 
Yes. Yes, yes, it did. The next question is, am I in Christ Jesus? Am I a joint heir? Yes. And I have victory over sin. Yes. And I have his righteousness. Yes. And I have his grace, his ability, his strength, his capacity working in me. Therefore, I am free from these temptations. That's what frees me from these temptations. I'm persuaded in my heart of those things. I've entered into his rest. And I, as I acknowledge Jesus Christ's victory over sin and the fact that I'm in him and that um, and, and, and am righteous and grace always comes. Grace comes just because I've acknowledged those things. Grace comes to my rescue. And it comes and enables me to live above of, of sin. Above weaknesses. Because grace is God's ability, his strength, and his capacity. And it always comes. Remember scripture says, for by grace you are saved how? Through faith. Faith is what? Being fully persuaded. Hallelujah. I walk away from that sin with no desire for the things of the world. I walk away from this world system with no desire for the things of the world. My, my, my. It's amazing how we get so distracted by everything that's going on in this world. But the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds. They're mighty through God. They become mighty for us when we have a, when we have a kingdom consciousness. Then that we have a consciousness that our citizenship is in heaven. That this has been forever established and no one could ever, ever take that away from us. But we can live a defeated life in Christ as believers, as believers in this earth. Why? Because we don't know that we've been established. And Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. He said, my people. Today he said, my children, because we have become his children. You see those Old Testament saints, they were his people. But he calls us his children. His people looked over and they could see what we had and they were fully persuaded as we saw over in Hebrews. Fully persuaded. Hallelujah. I walk away from those things because I have no desire of of those things. I walk in according to a new commandment. I know how much God loves me and I love I'm able to love. His love is shed abroad in my heart and now I'm able to love uh, like he loves. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I begin to feel his righteousness that abides in me. You see the acknowledging of truth or these truths it affects your heart. As I acknowledge who Jesus is in me, absolute victory is always on the horizon. It always comes. Let's look over to the uh, to the book of Philemon. Okay? And uh, we're going to look at verse 6. Philemon verse 6. 
And verse 6 says, there's, there's only one chapter, so we're going to verse 6. It says, I'll tell you what, I'm going <laughs> to go verse 5 because I like that verse. Hearing of thy love and faith, what? Of thy what? Of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards, oh my, this, is, this was the law that he gave us. Hearing of thy love and thy faith, which, uh, the, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. This is the law that he gave us. Okay. That the communication of your faith may become effectual by, by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. It says it this way. The communication, which means the sharing, the living, and the walking out of faith may become effectual. Meaning effective. By the acknowledging both verbally and mentally of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Oh my. That's good. Amen. Every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Not in your righteousness, but in the righteousness that you receive from Jesus Christ. In the promises and the blessing of God, every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. This is living in the kingdom. This is the straight and narrow path. By acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. You never have to be afraid of temptation or sin or weaknesses or any plan, scheme, or strategy Satan has set against you. You never have to be about it's important that you don't have to live the rest of your life struggling with your life-dominating problems. The scripture says over in John chapter 8, book of John chapter 8, we're going to look at verse 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then verse 36 says, And if the Son therefore shall make you free, not set you free, never did say set. It said, And if the truth shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. My brothers and sisters, you have been made free. Amen. God, everything that God does is a complete and a finished work. Everything what Jesus did was a complete and a finished work. You have been made free. And you can start living and walking in your freedom in this life. You don't have to wait until you die. You can start living and walking in this uh, life right now in the freedom whom the Son has made free 
is free indeed. You can start walking in that freedom uh, instantaneously. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory Hallelujah. to God. Thank you for joining us today. And I would say this before we go. If there's anyone who has not made Jesus Christ their Savior, today's your day. Amen. Hallelujah. Today's your new birthday. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. It's a matter of confessing with your mouth, saying, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died for me and you rose again. Lord, without you, I'm a sinner and I'm lost. I have nowhere to go but into destruction. I have no victory over evil and wicked things. But if you will come into my, I ask you to come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Yes. Because I believe that you died for me. Yes. And I believe that you rose again. Yes. And you rose in power and might and dominion Amen. for me. Amen. So that I may live with you. Thank you, Jesus. So Lord, I thank you. I receive you into my heart, Jesus. Yes. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you were able to say those things this morning, you will come into the family of God. You are welcomed into the family of God by your loving Savior who loves you. And all of heaven rejoices for you today. Amen. And we rejoice for you Amen. today. Amen. Yes. And I, I would encourage you to find your Bible-believing and a Bible-teaching church. One that lets you know that Jesus Christ is Lord. One that preaches Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. One that gives priority to teaching that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. Amen. So that you can grow and be disciple. Amen. Well, thank you all today. And may God continue. May you continually walk in God's continued blessings because he has already blessed you. Amen. Amen.